Hey, welcome to Stops and Starts, a women's hockey podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Glavin, and this is episode 11. So, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening and being here today. Um, Obviously, it's been a little over a month since I recorded. Um, I have been just crazy busy um, with coaching soccer, actually. And I have had a couple episodes where I kind of joked that it was a soccer episode. And I don't know, maybe this is one too. Um, so we'll see. I um, want to jump into the hockey because it's been so long. Maybe I'll talk about my adventures in coaching soccer towards the end. Um, but we'll see. This is going to be a quick episode because I'm on a lunch break. Got to get back to to work. And um, without further ado, let's just get to hockey. So um, the college hockey season is in full swing um so we're going to talk a little college hockey today um some phf the phf didn't exist the last time i recorded an episode and touch on some hockey canada so the phf i i think um a little over a month ago now the nwhl rebranded itself as the phf um phf stands for premier hockey federation so I guess, you know, if I were to give my reaction now, it's no longer a hot take. It's just my take. Um, You know, when they renamed themselves, um, I think my initial reaction was just, you know, a little bit of sadness just because in women's sports, um, there's constant stops and starts. Uh, Hence the name of this podcast. And um, shout out to my friend, Luda Kristen, who actually, you know, totally understood why my podcast is called that and 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 used that when we were talking about this phf thing um you know the nwhl existed for six years and got some some brand recognition really not much uh big picture but some brand recognition and then they've gotten renamed and they're saying you know the phf is saying it's a continuation it's season seven it's not season one but there is still just sort of that feeling like we have once again stopped and started again and it's going to confuse things. Let's just say that the PHF is the one. It's the, the one that's going to grow into the pro league that lasts forever. Um, you know, in 100 years, 80 years down the line or whatever, is, is the NWHL going to be completely forgotten? Is that era going to be erased? Who knows? So that's the stuff I don't really, I kind of hate to see the end of that. Um, I understand why the PHF rebranded um, as far as... Um, I get like the arguments for removing women's from your name. Um, there's arguments for keeping it in there as well, but, um, you know, I can, I can live with the reasons. I mean, some people think that to put women's in there, um, sets women's, it, you know, unfairly denotes women's as other, um, you know, they say the NHL is not called the national men's hockey league, blah, blah, blah. So that's fine. I mean, I think that something that's been nice about women's sports in the past few years is that where, you know, referring to something as women's was once, uh, or saying like a girl, um, it used to be a pejorative, but in the past few years, it became something that was very much celebrated. Um, and you know, like I have certain clothing that says like women's hockey on it. And I, I mean, I really like that. Um, to me, it's a celebration type thing, but I understand the opposing view where people say, no, it's, it's making it other. Um, and then the other side of it is the, the reality that, you know, some people do not identify as a man or a woman. Um, and, and that's, that's fine. Like if removing women's from the name of the league, um, can make those folks feel more included than per, like, it's not a hill to die on. 
from my perspective. So um, that's good. I think inclusivity is important in um, society and in sports and in what I refer to as women's sports. Um, one thing that when the PHF rebranded, um, uh, it's funny, I used to call the NWHL the N-dub, N-dub and the C-dub and the P-dub. Uh, so at first I thought I'd call the PHF the PH, but it turns out saying PHF is easier than saying um, PH. So I'll call it the PHF. Um, even to refer to it by its full name, I had to remember what it stood stood for there for a second. I wasn't one to love Federation. I know Tyler Tuminia has like a, she tries to spin it where Federation means like worldwide or something like that. I don't know. I kind of think they probably couldn't get trademarked for Premier Hockey League. I think Premier Hockey League would have been badass and really cool. I don't love Federation, but it's really not the end of the world. It just is not. Uh, the product on the ice is the same. So that's kind of my take on that. Life goes on. Uh, same league, new name, and on to the next. Um, so I guess we won't be talking NWHL anymore. We'll be talking PHF, and that's fine. Uh, the PHF debuts season seven in a few weeks here. Um, and with the U.S. border opening for, I mean, I, I assume the border was going to be open for the Toronto Six to come down here anyways. Um, but maybe with the border opening for just, you know, regular Joe travelers, um, maybe I will once again go to a Buffalo game and try to meet up with some family from, from Canada at some point during the year. So um, exciting to see that season kick off in a few um, in a few weeks here. And, and like I said on an earlier episode, I, I think I'm cheering for the Toronto Six. I hope they can give me reasons to keep cheering for them. Their playoff production last year was terrible. It was like a six-game season. Um, and it was a weird season, but they kind of stunk in the semifinals there when they got eliminated. Uh, so they're going to need to um, hopefully show better this year. Um, so we shall see. Um, quickly before we get to college hockey, um, not a lot, not not a lot of news on the um, Hockey Canada or USA Hockey front um, in the past month. Those guys are centralized now and um, just getting ready for the Olympics. I know Hockey Canada has been playing um, like major junior teams out west, and they've been getting beaten pretty badly. These are guys that are like I, I don't know how old they are. They're I think they're teenagers. It's like a U-20 team or something like this. Um, but Hockey Canada has been taking some pretty big L's. And they have a game or a series of games, the beginning of the My Why Tour um, next week. So it'll be Hockey Canada versus USA Hockey. Um, I think the first game is in Philly. And I want to say it's next week sometime. So this brings me back to my recurring problem of like, what do I do in this situation? I was telling myself I'm over, um, I'm over subscribing to the NHL network for like one or two games. It's not so much even the cost. It's just the gigantic pain in the butt of, um, calling my direct TV. Okay. Making my husband call direct TV and change our subscription for a month and then remembering to call and cancel again. So I don't know if I'm going to do that to watch the games or if I'll try to go to like a wing place and watch it or, you know what I mean? A sports bar. I really don't know. Um, uh, I just really don't know. I'm leaning towards going to a sports bar. That would probably be more expensive than watching it at home, but um, watching it at home, I also just worry. I don't know. I just don't want to screw up our 
our package. Um, cause you never, those guys are weird. The, the way the cable companies work or the way the satellite companies worked with the pricing. I mean, we just recently got our price massively reduced for no apparent reason. And so I'm kind of nervous about calling them to be quite honest. Um, so maybe I'll go to a wings place and watch hockey Canada versus USA that way, because it'll be the first matchup between those two teams since Canada beat them in overtime in the world championships. Um, okay. Now let's get to college hockey. Um, on the national front in the college hockey, uh, Wisconsin has shown why they're number one. They're still winning. They are, um, unbeaten and they've now beaten, they've beaten a bunch of teams that are, that they were supposed to beat that are weaker than them, but they also swept UMD on the road last weekend. And UMD was of course a frozen four team who had a great pickup in Elizabeth Giguer in the off season. Um, lots of offensive firepower there. Um, great pure goal scorer. And indeed she scored two goals in the third period of their game on Sunday, forcing that game to overtime. So um, that was a big test for Wisconsin, but Wisconsin came through and showed why they're number one. Um, number two in the country is, unless you're a women's college hockey fan, you might not realize this, it's Ohio State, and that's pretty badass. I don't think they've ever gotten themselves as high as number two in the country before, and they swept Minnesota on the road. That's incredible, and this weekend, they uh, have a massive task. They are going to Wisconsin uh, to play two at Le Bon Arena in Madison, Wisconsin. So that's the series of the week to watch. Uh, I would love to see them come out of Wisconsin with some points, but uh, we shall see. Um, Northeastern, who was in the final last year, they're kind of sucking so far this year. Uh, last I saw in the rankings, I think they were fifth or sixth. They've got a couple bad losses. Alina Mueller, their star players, hurt. Um, and it's really just not going their way yet. The, the voters are being kind to them. They're still in the top 10, but those guys kind of have something to prove, um, in, in the, in the next, uh, weeks and, and so on. Um, Daryl Watts, uh, is the other big national storyline in my mind. Uh, she came into the year with 240 points and had played 134 college hockey games. So she had played four seasons, but one of those seasons was cut in half kind of because of COVID. In her junior season, she didn't get to play the um, the Frozen Four tournament, you know, so potentially missed out on three games there. So with COVID, the players get an extra year. So she's getting an extra fifth year and she's possibly going to surpass Megan Augusta for total points by any NCAA uh, so the all-time points leader for NCAA women's hockey. Um, Augusta has 303. Incredibly, Augusta did that in 134 college games. Uh, and she graduated in 2011, I want to say. Um, so a little bit of a different era 10 years ago, but still a great era. She played with uh, Hillary Knight. Um, not on the same team, but that era of players. Um, and... Um, so Daryl Watts is basically tearing up the record books right now. She's she's the next person she's going to surpass is Hillary Knight. So Watts started with 240 points in 134 games. She's got this bonus year. Um, so people are all just like, oh, asterisk, 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 but whatever. Just enjoy it. Um, 
and she's incredibly has 18 points in eight games so far this year. Yes, she's played some weaker teams. Um, in the series against UMD, she got two points on the weekend. Um, one of them was a huge point. It was the assist in overtime on a really nice saucer pass to Casey O'Brien to score the game winner. Uh, so Daryl Watts's points are, they are just, they're always nice plays. There's, they're rarely a garbage play. Sometimes it's against a weaker team, yes, but it's always a beautiful play. So really worth following uh, her climb up the all-time points list, and she might surpass Megan Augusta. She seems to be on pace to be, but um, don't um, underestimate the challenge of not getting injured. And um, remember that there's a lot of, like, the league conference play just kind of started for her, um, and she still has a lot of tough teams to play against a lot of times. So, um I, I, I suspect a betting person would bet that she breaks the record, that she passes 303. She's already at, two. I think she's at 258 already. The next person she's going to jump over on the list is Hillary Knight. Um, and Hillary Knight, I think, had like 262 points in 161 games. Um, so Watts is going to jump over Hillary Knight, one of the greatest of all time. She's going to do it in fewer games that it took Hillary Knight, because Watts is not at 161 games yet. And what is so in, just incredible and bizarre, take whatever whatever word you want to use to describe it, Watts cannot make Team Canada. Very weird. Um, but uh, I think we just, and she's saying she's retiring at the end of this year. Um, so we need to just, if you're a hockey fan, you should be following her, uh, following Wisconsin's women's hockey Instagram account because they put up all the goals um, and it's a lot of great beautiful goals to watch there and just enjoy this lady climbing up the all-time points list for four or five more months and see where she ends up and then for another day we can have our debate about oh you know is there an asterisk there and or is there an asterisk on the players who played back in the day blah 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 uh, so that's a almost a podcast in and of itself. All right, let's touch base on the CHA and Mercyhurst. So Mercyhurst so far has, let's see here, they beat RIT twice in exhibitions. They beat Franklin Pierce twice. Uh, they beat Union once and tied them once. Um, if there's such a thing as a bad tie, I mean, at least it was on the road, but really wish that they would have got that one to be a win and they beat RPI twice um so certain uh and then they lost to Colgate twice on the road Colgate is ranked number three in the country um and they were not bad losses they kept it respectable Mercer's was down by one with a minute to go in the second game I think in the first game they were down by two, and of course they pulled their goalie in both scenarios, gave up the empty net goal. Um, so not a bad start to the season, in all honesty. I don't know what that, I can't I do the math in my head, but it's they have a winning record. Um, they're going on the road to number 10, Cornell, this weekend. 
Cornell has not yet played a regular season game because the Ivies start late. So, uh, and they didn't play at all last year. So, Mercyhurst has a real advantage and they need to take advantage of it. And the reality is if they want any respect in the polls, which nobody in the CHA ever gets anyways, even when they have earned it, a lot of times they haven't earned it. I'm not suggesting that Mercyhurst should be ranked right now. Um, But Mercyhurst really needs to steal a win on the road, in my opinion. I mean, obviously you go in there with the mentality that you're going for two wins. Um, Why are you making the road trip if you're not going to win? Um, if your plan is not to win, right? So they have to have that mentality. But in all reality, I think if they came home with a split, that's kind of a successful weekend. Um, but they need to come home with, I think they really need to come home with, with something. Um, um, you know, uh, so we'll see what happens there. These guys were actually supposed to play each other in when the, when the, um, I always want to call it the Frozen Four tournament, but that's the, not the right name for it. The, the the NCAA tournament got canceled two years ago. Uh, Cornell was ranked number one in the country, and Mercyhurst had gotten in as the auto bid from uh, from CHA. So those get the last time these guys were supposed to play each other, they uh, got canceled, and that was like the last game that Cornell um, had on their schedule. So. This will be an exciting an exciting weekend. Um, like I say, Cornell was obviously first in that scenario that got canceled. They're now 10th because a lot of that personnel has graduated um, and because they haven't had the chance to show what their roster can achieve this year, so they're not yet ranked highly. Um, their coach obviously is coming off a summer of being heavily involved with Hockey Canada. So... Um, you know, much like being involved with Hockey Canada or, or USA Hockey, I think ener- energizes and brings to a new level the players' abilities. I have to think that that's a great opportunity for learning for the coaches. So you know that um, Derek Dara, if I'm saying that right, um, um, you know that he's kind of bring he's a great coach. He's bringing it for Cornell. So we will see what Cornell looks like this weekend. But like I say, I think Mercyhurst needs to steal one on the road. Um, and I'd love to see it. Um, in terms of uh, who's really kind of shining on Mercyhurst, I think, in my opinion, and I've always liked Anna, I'm not sure how to say her name, Anna Nystrom in net. Uh, Coach Sisti has been splitting his goalies for several years now. He's just never, I guess, felt one is a true number one. Um, so... But I think Anna Nystrom, you know, last weekend against Union, she got her first ever career shutout. And then the next day, I didn't look at the shots. I think uh, Mercyhurst struggled to get their legs all weekend. I guess that's a long bus ride. But uh, so Sylvonen probably faced a fair number of of shots, but Sylvonen gave up two goals against them. Um, And I'm being a little bit unfair here because I didn't watch the game, but I just think that um, Anna Nystrom will probably get the edge um, in the starting for this weekend. And I almost wonder if they play him close on, on night one, will they go back to Nystrom on on game two? Um, very curious to see how that plays out. Um, they are both juniors, if I recall. Um, probably have that extra COVID season too. So how, I don't know how to label these players anymore. They're third years, but call it that. Um, so, and then on the, on forward, you know, 
Vanessa Opson, who was picked as the co-rookie of the year for CHA. She's having a great freshman season. Look for her to get points this weekend. Um, Alexa Vasco, who's a captain. Um, she in a fifth year. Um, and then Christy Pigeon, who's a fifth year transfer. They're also leading the way on offense, getting lots of points. Um, um, and and uh, leading well. So it's going to, no question, it's going to take contributions from everyone, from our seniors to come out of Cornell with a win. But um, I sure hope that they're up to the task. And the game's on ESPN+. Plus. But if there's uh, any road game that's worth <clears throat> me, you know, splurging on the six ninety nine or whatever, uh, it's probably, this series is probably one worth splurging on. So, um that's kind of the update on Mercyhurst and then they got after Cornell they have um St. Lawrence and then I think after that they get into league play um versus Penn State or it's the other way around I can't remember maybe it's Penn State then then St. Lawrence but don't want to get ahead of myself uh my hope is that Mercyhurst can come out of um Cornell that road trip which I'm so glad they play those guys all the time um I think it's only like four or five hours from Erie. Um, I sure hope they can come out of there with a, a split or better. So, um, you know, my lunch hour is just about over here. I guess we're not talking soccer after all this podcast, um, but it feels great to get back on here and chat a little bit about hockey. Um, it's kind of a bummer that I was away for six weeks, but I was just absurdly busy. The TLDR of... Uh, my soccer coaching is that it was, you know, it was great, fun, blah, blah, blah. But it was eye-opening about people who volunteer to coach how much, if you do want to do it right, how much time it takes. Put it like that. Um, I was, all right, I, I guess I can't help myself and I'll just tell you a little bit. So I was coaching a team that was, um, we were very much almost like an expansion team, the way that they make the teams around here. It's just recreational soccer. So I just, we had to narrow such a gap on half the teams that we played against that not only did I have to run good practices and really make sure we were like learning a lot of skills I was like googling on my own team like what do you do in this scenario what do you do if this is your team's strengths or weaknesses it was pretty crazy like I and I know normal people would just be like "Ugh, you just roll it you just roll with it oh that's the other thing everything is even we have to make all our time even because it's recreational so you but you want to be fair, you want to give all these kids opportunities, but you want to figure out how to play so that you don't get murdered out there. Um, so let's just say that that volunteerism took a lot of hours per week and definitely the podcast took a hit, gotta say, gotta say. But that's okay, it was worth it, and um, I'm happy to be back here podcasting again. So hope to be back here soon. Thank you for listening. Enjoy that college hockey, um, and uh, chat soon.